0: Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Michael B. Jordan on his new film with Denzel Washington, plus Mackenzie Davis drops by to talk about her new series, Station Eleven. Hey guys, Josh Harowitz here with another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused, and as you can tell, it's a packed episode this week. Two guests on Happy Say Confused. Mackenzie Davis returns about a year ago. We had her on for her Happiest Season, a much different kind of project. We'll talk about that in a second. And the main event, Michael B. Jordan, in his first Happy Say Confused podcast appearance, a ton to talk about there. But again, more on that in a moment. First, some notes on things going on in my universe that you may be interested in. First and foremost, I've got to say it, the podcast benefit is upon us the Happy, Sad, Confused annual holiday benefit. Everything goes to charity on this one, guys. Every single dollar. Buy your tickets now, me and Tom Hiddleston, this Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, live. Now, the good news is, if you buy your ticket and you can't be there live, you'll be able to watch this on demand through December 22nd. But that's the only way you're going to be able to see it, guys. We're not putting this on YouTube. We're not this putting this on the podcast channel. The only way to listen and watch me and Tom Hiddleston for an hour. And you know that's always fun and unpredictable, and the best possible ways is to buy your tickets for the Happy Second Fused holiday benefit. Every single dollar goes to charity. This is a special one, guys, going to some great causes. We're gonna give out some free autographed merch that Tom has been kind enough to sign. That's gonna go to random audience members. We're gonna take your questions that you're submitting as we speak. It's gonna be fantastic. Satisfaction guaranteed this Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Join us live if you can. And again, if you can't be there live, you've got a few days to watch it on demand. A great gift for the Tom Hiddleston Marvel lover in your life. You know what to do. do. Where do you get your tickets? Well, that's easy enough. The link is in the show notes right now. Or you can go to the Symphony Space website. They're the ones that are kind enough to be hosting this event for us in the virtual space. But again, that link in the show notes Buy your tickets right now. ton of other stuff going on, guys. This is, as I said on last week's show, this is the season of Q&As and events. Um, I got a chance to uh, catch up with Oscar Isaac the other night. I moderated a Q&A uh, promoting Dune. That was a blast. I hadn't seen Oscar in forever, and he is just always hysterical and fun. Uh, that was great. We've debuted our new Haley Steinfeld Comedy Central sketch. Very happy with that one. If you haven't checked it out yet, I highly encourage you to. Uh, I put that out on my social media, or you can go on Comedy Central's YouTube page. Essentially, it's Haley Steinfeld um, in her mock audition for Hawkeye, and I am giving her hell as the casting director. Um, had a lot of fun shooting that one, and Haley is so talented and so so funny in that sketch. Um, what else could I mention? I feel like everything is going on. All the movies are out. All the award stuff is out. Everyone everyone is everywhere, and I'm just trying to keep my head above water as we careen towards a break. The finish line is in sight, guys. Um, I think Tom Hiddleston, the Tom Hiddleston event, will be my last taping of 2021, but. Right now, I'm just packing it all in. I taped two podcasts today. I'm moderating another thing in a couple days. I'll tell you about that one after the fact. Um, A lot going on. But it's all a blast. All a lot of fun. All right, so later on in the show, as I said, Mackenzie Davis uh, stopped by. This is a brief chat, but I just wanted to check in with her because she's got this awesome new series on HBO Max. Uh, called Station Eleven. I always love talking to Mackenzie. I think she's so, so talented. You've seen her in Halt and Catch Fire, in the Terminator film, uh, in Happiest Season last year with our buddy Kristen Stewart, and uh, always want to support her. So, as she was getting ready for her big premiere in New York, we caught up for a few minutes, talked about Station Eleven, which is this really cool new show from Patrick Somerville, a very talented writer, um, in which uh, Mackenzie plays a woman kind of post-pandemic, actually. It's kind of bizarre how this... One, so we'll talk about it, but this is a series based on a novel um, about the aftermath of a uh, apocalyptic event. Um, not really about the event itself, but about, like, the, this band of um, uh, performers actually making their way in the world. And uh, Mackenzie leads this ensemble and is always fantastic, and she's got great film taste, so I had to catch up with her. That's in the back end of the show. But right up front... This is a big ol' fun conversation with just a ginormous movie star and a good, good guy, Michael B. Jordan. Um, It's been so thrilling to watch his star rise over the last decade. Uh, First got to know him just as he was making the transition out of television and things like Friday Night Lights, into films like Chronicle, and then soon thereafter in Fruitvale Station, which really launched Michael B. into the stratosphere. Uh, of course since then Creed and Creed 2 and Black Panther and without remorse this year it's just like he, every film is big uh, and, a, and an event you know he's he's been the sexiest man alive he's just producing a ton he is he is still on the rise and he's at the top already so thrilling to catch up with him um, as he stars in the new film a journal for Jordan this is a film that is directed I should say, by the great Denzel Washington, so fascinating to see this kind of—I won't say changing of the guard because Denzel is still at the top of the game too. But to see someone like Denzel, who clearly has an affection for Michael, uh, choose him as his leading man in this romantic drama based on a true story, um, really kind of a heartbreaking but sweet uh, romance about—you um, know—it's not not to spoil anything if you've seen the trailer. Michael B plays a. Uh, Uh, a a man who passes away and has uh, this really heartfelt relationship with a journalist and leaves this journal for his son uh, in in the years uh, to come. Um, but this story is really not about the loss. It's really about the life that they've lived together and, and what he leaves his son. So it's um, a special piece of work. I know it means a lot to Denzel and to Michael B. And I was thrilled to help spread the good word of uh, of that project on today's podcast. But there's a lot more to talk about with Michael B. We talk about um, his, his turn at directing, which he's about to do. He is about couple weeks away from starting Principal Photography on the third Creed film, which he's going to be directing. Very excited for that. He's producing his own kind of take on the Superman story with Val Zod for HBO Max. That's coming soon. We talk about that. Um, And his comfort movie, which, not so coincidentally, is a Denzel Washington film. So... Tons in this conversation, as I said, Mackenzie Davis. Uh, towards the end of the of the chat today, but right up front, this is a big old career conversation with um, one of the good guys, and it's good to see good guys succeed. Uh, here's me and Michael B. E. Jordan. Michael, Mike. What's up?
1: And what what's up, Josh? What what are you doing? Starting early? Who who are you? I mean, this- hey, they're trying to get me back to Atlanta so I can start get back into this Creed mode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always appreciate the time, man. The new film is a journal for Jordan. Uh, we've talked so many times over the years. This is the deep dive, though. This is we're podcasting today, buddy. Let's Ready? Do
1: it. Let's do it. Let's go. We have
0: 35 minutes. So as you, uh, as you know, I have 27 minutes of Fantastic Four questions. I have six minutes <laughs> of Sexiest Man Alive questions, and then we'll sneak in a Journal for Jordan question at the end.
1: Sounds about right.
0: Sounds about Josh. <laughs> Sounds about Josh, yeah, I, I, actually. I jest slightly. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> let's go back, though, to the beginning, um, at least uh, the beginning of when we started to talk. As I recall, I think I spoke to you about a decade ago, and it was it was right before Chronicle was coming out. And that does seem like, in retrospect, maybe a pivotal transition point for you. Take me back to that time. What do you remember about where you were at in your career? I guess you were ending Friday Night Lights. You were look, You were getting into more films. What was happening in your life?
1: Man, you making me work, man. I'm, I'm kind of... You're going to take me back to Chronicle right now? <laughs> that hey, we're,
0: deep, we're diving deep.
1: It. First thing in the morning. Uh, Chronicle was... Um... I was in South Africa shooting Chronicle and uh, sure, sure. I've told you this story before. And uh, and I went to uh, my agent at the time and I was looking for a gritty independent film. Uh, it was at a time where I was really curious about, you know, whether or not I had what it takes to be a leading man, you know, and, and be able to carry a film. I wanted it, you know, you know, yeah, I wanted an independent, you know, a small, smaller film. And, um, you know, right around that time, Ryan Coogler was writing Fruitvale Station. He was looking for his lead actor. Uh, he got it to an assistant at an agency, the agency that I was at, and they got me the script. I read it and I ended up crying. It was like you know, it was super emotional. It was exactly what I what I what I needed. You know, it was a, it was a you know, I felt like Oscar could have been me. So I felt like it was something that I could really, um, you know, lend myself to. And um, shine a light on the story, you know, and, and also get off some, you know, fr- frustration, you know, what I mean, of what was going on with black men, you know, in America when it came to police brutality, and um, and yeah, and, and I thought it was as, it was a perfect project for me, and I got back, did, shot the movie, and uh, you know, and for That's then the it, it, just, yeah. it just kept rolling. Yeah. We, we established my relationship with Ryan Kugler. you know. I think I think that really started taking me in a, in a, in a you know, down a road you know, Creed and Black Panther and, and, and you know, kept rocking from there.
0: It, it seems like, especially in recent years, like you're not only this great actor, but a guy with a plan, a guy with a mission statement, a guy that like knows what he wants. Was that always, always the case, you think? Is that something you came around to as you matured or
1: what? I think it was, uh, it, it wasn't always the case, but it's been that way for a long time. I think once I saw opportunity in, you know, there was no plan B. So you have to start to strategize a bit and start to like, you know, daydream and manifest and think about the things you want to do. Or if I, oh, if I ever get the opportunity, you know, Oh, I, you know, you know, this is how I'll do it. And, uh, and I just stuck to the plan, you know, and obviously plans change and they evolve as new opportunities and situations arise. But, you know, the core of what I was trying to do kind of remain the same. Um, you know, you know, how do you, you know, watching you know Denzel and Will Smith and you know Tom Cruise and um um Leonardo DiCaprio uh you know watching these guys and the choices that they were making and how people were receiving them you know and 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 you know what doing a movie like this gets you into this space you know and give you the you know in this platform and and, you know not doing a movie like that and this and that so you you know there's a lot of examples of what not to do, very yep. few examples of, of, of what to do. And I just always wanted to be an example or have a career where people looked at him and been like, he's doing it the right way. And you're, you're surrounding yourself with people that are doing it the right way. Uh, Denzel, your
0: director in this is, is that rare, I mean, arguably the greatest actor alive and also a huge movie star, what top five movie stars of the last 75 years. So that doesn't happen easily. Um, when did you first encounter, when did you first meet Denzel? When did he sort of enter your life face to face?
1: I think as a fa- as a fan, you know as, as as you know he would never remember me. Uh, I was probably like 16 or something. You know I was in New York and I met him at this event. You know, at that time I had you know uh, you know a publicist that was doing me a favor that was you know taking me around these little you know these events in, in New York while I was out here. And uh, you know, you know, my rep was trying to walk over to, you know, Denzel and he ran into Denzel security. And I just remember the rep, you know, trying to explain who I was and yeah, you know, he really would love to meet Mr. Washington, da da. And then he said, Hold on a second, goes over there and talk, whispers in his ear. And then, you know, D kind of waves, you know, waves me over. And I go over there and shake his hand and kind of told him who I was. And he said, All right, all right, young brother, all right, all right, all right you know. And then that was really it. I just remember shaking his hand. And I was like, "Wow, his hands are so soft and moisturized. It's like it feels like butter." I was like, "Man, this is Denzel hand. Like, this is when you become a movie star. Yeah, you get hands Silky like this. Smooth, yeah." <laughs> it's really, you know, I, my hands have been feeling softer lately. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but they've been they've been feeling quite nice. No, I was just saying. But that was that was my first time meeting him as a fan, and then you know, yeah. years later, I can't really remember the first time I encountered him as like an adult and like when I you know had a presence, but. You know, it might it might have been right, right around Fruitville Station, yeah. you know, um, maybe something somewhere around there. I'm
0: sure he took note. Yeah. I mean, talk to me a little bit about how long was it always this project that you guys were going to collaborate on? Did you talk about different ways? You must have been dreaming of acting with him or being directed by him or collaborating in some way. So how did this one of all projects
1: come around? Yeah, I think I think the, you know, in, in, in my eyes, like the. You know the most straightforward approach of us working together was us acting together. You know, I, I, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to do a movie with you one day. And that's so specific. I mean, so many things would find a right, perfect project. And then, you know uh, the timing has to be just right. And, and this, that, and schedules and all those good stuff. So, you know, I, I I think I did imagine that our first time working together would be actor, actor relationship. Um, He saw me in Fruitville and was like, you know, from, from, from the stories, you know, uh, you know, he's told is like, okay, cool. Who is that kid? Him and Todd Black. All right. Who is the kid? You know, he's got something, you know, he might be perfect for, you know, Journal for Jordan. And then, you know, and then we kind of just, and at that time he wasn't thinking about directing the it, I think at first it might've been just a producing and then it became a directing thing over time. So um, yeah, so yeah, uh, it, it just kind of happened that way. Did you,
0: you, you, did you approach this kind of like with multiple purposes? Obviously you want to like do a great job and be a great actor and, and just own the mm-hmm. screen in a different kind of a film than I've ever seen you in. But at the same time, you're also like eyeing, I know you had Creed three right around the corner, which you're about to direct. Um, and you've got this master actor, amazing director, Um, so on set of this, like, are you, do you kind of have like multiple brains going of like, yeah, I'm doing my acting thing, but like, I'm, I'm taking note more than ever about how this guy's directing me.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, the quarantine, the pandemic messed up everything, you know, as for everybody, you know what I'm saying? So like it had a plan. And then and everyone's plans, plans change. Yep. You know what yep. i was like, I'm gonna do this one, and okay, I should be finished with this one. And by that time, I got me cooked two months. I can, you know, I can, you know, I can recover from that project, and then I'll start the prep, and you know, and transition into this one, and under that one, and then shoot. You know, the you know the journal for Jordan, and then right after that, I will do you know a couple couple months later, I'll be able to do Crete and have that and have enough time for it to come out for Thanksgiving the following year. That was, that was, that was supposed to happen. And it was man with man. a it plan. All, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Perfect. All working fine, you know, <laughs> and then everything came to a screeching halt. And then I had to pick two projects, two out of three, I only had time to do two out of three. And, um, there was no way, um, you know, Creed had, it was planted firmly. Um, and, and we were figuring out how we were going to get this one done. And, and, and it just, it, this one came out on top uh, and it was, um, and, and of course, you know, on set, and, and he knew I was directing right after this. So I was asking him a lot of questions about, you know, prep and um, he was telling me little, like, you know, little gems here and there of what to look for, what to look out for, what you should do, how do you should prep? Uh, what's going to make life easier for me? Because, you know, it's, it, it's one thing to, you know to be directed by you know Denzel Washington or be directed by an, an actor it's another thing to be able to be directed by somebody who has also directed themselves totally you know that was and, and, yep and and, and that's that was the the X factor for me in the sense of I there's very few people I can go to and I'd be like what's that what's that like you know,
0: you know, yeah. this, this, Clint you know. Clooney, who are you going to go to? Yeah, it's like, Clint,
1: Clooney, you know, <laughs> Sly, yep. you know, you got, you know, Ben Affleck, Bradley Cooper, Uh, you know, Denzel and, you know, six, six of those guys, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a relationship with, you know, to the point of being able to pick up the phone and call and get advice. And, uh, and, and Denzel definitely gave me a, a lot uh, close hand. So it was, um, yeah, it was very beneficial. It has been beneficial.
0: I've heard a lot of the those guys talk about giving yourself enough takes. Don't shortchange yourself on set. Is that something that's come up a lot?
1: One th- every every one of them. Yeah. Every one of them said that. And it's like it's crazy because you naturally, as an actor, you want to be, you know, as a director, you want to, you want to make everyone else shine. You know, your mind, it gravitates like, ah, I'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Make uh, set uh, last setup. I'll be last setup. Don't worry about it. I just want to make sure I get everything else. And You know, all of them, you know, always make sure to say, give yourself enough time and takes to get your performance down.
0: Yeah. Well, you're playing Creed. You don't want to shortchange Creed.
1: Uh, That's what (laughs) they. I guess so. That makes sense. I guess that makes sense. That makes sense.
0: Right. Right. So you've played guys in the military a few times now, and I I would imagine that's obviously a a huge weight. You want to honor the service Mm -hmm. of the men and women in the military, but especially your dad was a Marine. I mean, is that does that factor into. Um, the approach to these characters, this one, that remorse, et cetera?
1: Yeah, a little bit. It it definitely allowed me to, uh, you know, take all the memories and the stories that he was telling me of his time when he was in the military and uh, on, you know, on, on the bases and, and uh, just that entire experience. Uh, It, it, you know, I have friends and, and other family members who served as well. So just being able to honor their life and things that they've went through and sacrificed and be able to tell this story, a multi-layered story, not just a stereotypical, this is what a, you know, a man in the military is supposed to be like. No, right. it's it's a duality there. There's layers, you know, um, and, and uh, we wanted to portray that in, in this movie. How aware
0: are you of how you're being shot? Because you, it strikes me when watching this movie he's it takes a movie star maybe to shoot a movie star i feel like denzel is giving you like the movie star treatment in this that's good
1: i I mean maybe i don't i don't i don't know i mean uh you know, <laughs> I hope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make me look like crap. That's good. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, does that matter to you? Like, yeah, I've talked to different actors like that that are totally ignorant of like where the camera is, what the lens is, whatever. Mm. Does that help you or do you would you rather not know or or what?
1: It, it, yeah, no, 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 it, it does in certain situations. You want to be efficient. So like if you know, if I'm you know, if I know the camera we're on like a you know 75 you know millimeter lens and the camera's, you know. Ten feet for me. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be somewhere up in here. You know right. what I'm saying? So to do a little. I'm not going to be worried. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about you know. I'm not worried about my my hands being down and what's going on in my pockets because it's never going to be seen. You know, if I'm sitting at a table and you know, it just depends on or and we're in a master shot. Then I know I'm you know from head to toe. You know how my body posture, et cetera, et cetera, where my hands are. the certain continuity that I. I you know, I wouldn't be as concerned with in one setup than I would in, in another. So it's like all those little fine things that you just just time and being on set that you start to, to learn and pay attention to um, and just what coverage it is. So yeah, but not to the point where it's distracting you and it's taking you out of what you're doing. You sure. know, there, there's moments you got to be able to kind of do both. In my perspective, there's probably some actors out there who do it the same time every time, and that's their process, and that's great, and I'm pretty sure it serves them very well. But for me, I'm, I'm able to, to um, because I'm always thinking about things like a, like a director would, like I'm looking at all the pieces sometimes. Right. That's just how my brain works.
0: So you thought I was taking you back for Chronicle. Let's go back even further back. Talk that's to me. Nice. <laughs> Let's go all the way back. I'm curious, who, who, who do you think most helped shaped your taste in, in film and pop culture, as a kid, was it a parent? Were it friend? Was it friends? Um, when you look back, who was the biggest hmm. influence? Pop culture was.
1: That's a good question. Where I, did you find your own
0: way? I mean, you know, it's, everyone has a different I, path. Yeah.
1: I, I would say, I think my friends around me. I mean, we were we we loved basketball. I lo- always loved cartoons and anim- and animation. Um, always was into into sci-fi, and I think it's a mixture of like. But dad used to, you know, take me to, you know, a a pool hall, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes he would take me to a pool hall and there was a comic book store right next door. And he would let me, every time we went, he would let me go in there and pick a comic book. So I would go get a comic book. And I just kind of like started building my collection from there at a young age. Um, And then there was like a blockbuster video, like right next to it. No, it was Palmer video, Palmer video and Montclair. And then, you know, when that got shut down, it was a blockbuster video. And we used to go in there and pick movies. So you know, my mom, and my sister, like they were always into like sci-fi things, you know, so I was was watching what they watched and, and then always got into it. I think that lent itself to a lot of the comic book stuff as well. So that's where I think my foundation of those type of films and like the desire and love for them kind of came from and it just started to build from there. And then as I got older, I think, um, uh, I think just, I don't know, there's, I guess watching the greats, you know, and, yeah. and 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 those movies are great for a reason, and I guess I could appreciate them, and uh, and then in hindsight, going back and then watching, you know, classic films and th- things of that nature, and really trying to understand cinema, you know, the language of cinema, the language of filmmaking, you know, um, that that's that's a you know that's something you're constantly becoming more fluent at, and I, I'm you know I'm, I'm so yeah, so I guess it's a mixture of my family, friends. And then again, finding my own way.
0: So in terms of the, 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 the sci-fi and the geek stuff, was it mm-hmm. equal opportunity? Was it everything? Like, was it, was it Star Wars? Was it Marvel and DC? Was it, Order of the rings? Like, give me a sense. What was the,
1: yeah. I mean, it's like Lord of the Rings. It was, uh, you know, DC Marvel, uh, uh, you know, um, watching, uh, uh, you know, uh, hocus pocus or watching, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, what was the uh, Stargate SG one you know, with my sister and them <laughs> and like, you know, Star Trek. The sci-fi Star channel. Wars. Wow. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. No, we yeah. were, we were like that, that was, yeah, we were in it, you know? And then <laughs> of course, like, you know, Saturday morning, Saturday morning cartoons. And then, you know, uh, you know, thank God it's Friday, you know what I'm saying? So I'm watching all like, I'm watching like, all, that was like my, my childhood, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. at my grandmother's house on the big you know floor TV set with the mini TV on top, you know, trying to hold the antenna to get a you know, clear picture sometimes like that was that was my kind of that was me growing up falling in love with like tv and film and like performance
0: connect connecting your your love of film and tv and actors and we've been talking about denzel i asked you for a comfort mm-hmm. movie uh you didn't go with the the warm and fuzzy you went with a, a pretty hardcore film i mean wh- I, I can see it tell me tell me why you chose what you chose
1: Be- yeah because like you know comfort is like I don't, sometimes you know i like typically i wouldn't personally i i normally wouldn't watch romance movies like i just i just i wouldn't you know if it's on i'm, like, I'm good next you know that's yeah. just not my thing so my warm and, like my warm and fuzzy and com- comfort is like <laughs> it's
0: a man out for revenge <laughs> it's,
1: it's a man out for revenge with heart okay he like it's layered. I just, I just like, I like multi-layered things, you know, and I love man on fire because, you know, this guy that was so selfish, you know, a broken man, you know what I mean? um, obviously had a lot of regrets and tormented soul, but he found like, you know, he, but he had a soft spot. It was in there, you know, he just had to go through some things and meet the right people um, to be able to bring that back out of him, you know, a piece of him that he thought was lost forever. Um, and then when that was taken away that, you know, that showed him, you know that love did it, that love was there you know that he did have you know feelings and heart and emotion once that thing that reminded him of a, his former self was taken away you know he, he got to do, do what he does best
0: you know what i'm saying <laughs> I'm a for, kill the, for, for those that, that are new to man on fire i don't know where you guys yeah, have been yeah. came out in 2004 <laughs> uh, of course stars denzel a uh, very young dakota Fanning um written by Brian Helgeland, directed by the great Tony Scott who is of course Scott, one of man. one of the great uh directors yeah, and a man, huge yeah. part of Denzel's filmography yep. um a uh, small note I, I I enjoyed the fact that I had John David Washington on the show and he chose coming to America and you chose Denzel <laughs> Denzel movie so
1: <laughs> yeah coming to America that's 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 a good one that's, that's a good cool. one too. It's a, you know, it's a classic, man. It, you know, Rounders is another one, oh, you know nice. what I'm saying, that I watch okay. all the time. That's one of my favorite films, you know. I, I, Malkovich I watch and movies.
0: that, just chewing the scenery. Love it.
1: Oh, and, and KGB's, uh, you know what I'm saying, with the, with the Oreos, <laughs> man. It was like, it was so good, man. Like, I love it. Um, yeah, man, it, it's, um, for me, man, on Fire is one movie, when, no matter when it's on, same thing with Rounders, no matter when it's on, I'm watching it, you know. Yeah. And it's uh,
0: Is there a scene that jumps out? a scene that like really resonates with you is like, oh, if this is on, I've got to watch it, or I've got to
1: stick with uh, it. For for Man on Fire, yeah, uh, scene that jumps out. Um... Or or tell me like
0: now, having done, you know, having done without remorse, kind of your own riff on that kind of thing, a new perspective on like what what is Denzel doing that's so exceptional in that film that other actors that ninety nine percent of other actors can't do.
1: I think it's the less is more. I, I think I think in the, in the heat of the battle and everything that's going on, I think just being like being cool, being calm and in control. Like Denzel has very very good control over his face, you know, and he's he's uh and it's um. But just enough that you know what's what's really going on with him, uh, and I think that's very that that's that's attractive to look at on screen, you know. Yeah. I think people are, are drawn to that, um, and he and he and he does he does a phenomenal job job with it. And he's, and he's, um he's done so much prep and homework on the character of what he's doing that it looks effortless. It's like Meryl Streep, like Meryl Streep is so fire because she makes it look like she's not like, it makes you look easy almost. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that, and that it's almost like a disservice because it's not at all. And, and, and she looks, it makes it look so easy. So, um, it's, um,
0: yeah. Talk to me a little bit. Jumping way uh, ahead, in recent years, we've talked a lot about Black Panther and your amazing mm-hmm. performance as Killmonger. Um, I mean, given everything you talked about growing up with comic books and all that stuff, it must have just been like the opportunity of a lifetime to be in that universe with that kind of just like you know, you've seen all the comic movies like I have, and there are very few villains of the stature of Killmonger. Uh, um, yeah. Is there is, that must is that like top three most satisfying? experiences in your career to see how it was received and just the making of it.
1: By far. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 it was the you know yeah it, it, it was I had a joke there but I decided to let it go. I was like, ah, I'm not gonna <laughs> it's, do <that."> it's too <laughs> important to joke about yeah you know. it's too important to joke about no but yeah it, it was um to be able to take a character like that in 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 and make it my own as, mes- as much as I, much as I could, and how it spoke to the culture, you know, and, and the you know the the African American experience, you know, as a whole, and also with the vibranium, and you know, what I'm saying, and it's just like just what you know, just the the fanfare of of what Marvel, you know, has created, and like you know, conda and it's everything, it, it, the physicality, the action you know, the dramatics, you know, the, it was, it was just, yeah, it was a full course meal. It was, it was everything, it was everything, everything I wanted.
0: Um, I'm not going to ask you if somehow Killmonger returns in the new Black Panther, but I'm going to ask you, I know you're how tight you are with Coogler regardless of if you're, if you're an it or not, do you know, have you read the script? Do you know what he's got cooking for Black Panther too?
1: I do not, man. I mean, really? they're, they're so, they're so they, as in Marvel, um, very, 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 you know, tight. They have to. So, as much as as I am family, you know I'm the deranged cousin that they won't let in, let, let in the let, let in the family barbecue right now. After so all like, you did all right.
0: for for these guys, you're not ringing up. Are you texting Cougar? Like what? Come on, slide it in yeah. here somehow. Like what's?
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I gave up. I gave up on trying to pressure Cougar. Cougar's a bolt, man. He's really he really is. He's like, <laughs> I think I think once you become a director, you know what I mean. You kind of cross over and you're in the Marvel. It's like you just build this. Like I don't know, man. It's like. It's this thing that you just...
0: Yeah. Well, they must have just be used to, to it. Yeah, broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be good. You'll enjoy it as an audience member, just like you'll experience what it's like for a lowly Josh Harowitz to experience one of your movies.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, no, no, no. I'm a, I'm, going I'm to I'm 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 somehow get some intel. I'm going to get some information. I just, <laughs> he, I just he hasn't given little, up yet, guys. He, he's <laughs> no, I just been preoccupied. He's been a little distracted with some other, some other things, but when I get back to it, I'm going to figure some stuff out. Uh, have you started shooting Creed? Uh no, we start top of the year. So I'm just in prep. We are right now I'm Tech Scouting and um and going through, choreo, just yeah. just all the all the stuff. I'm trying to learn all the fights as quickly as I can so I I can I can split my brain up and, and take right. care of the other stuff. Um, because so much time has been putting in the rehearsals the choreography and you know memorizing the fight so we can we can we can get that stuff done uh but since yeah the goal is to get physically in shape and get the choreo down as quickly as possible so i can just go focus on everything else
0: do you view this as the end of a trilogy or is it like i mean i could you know in this world where like cinematic universes are are ripe do you view the creed franchise as something that can expand further and would you produce and be a part of kind of seeing what other stories there are in that, in that world.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely has the, uh, you know, the potential and, and the right pieces to be something that can continue to grow. Um, you know, there's, it, it's a rich IP and, you know, I want, yeah, I can't say this is the last of Creed. Um, you know, it might be different versions got some it's got, got some cool stuff for you guys man just know i've been i've been i've been I've been daydreaming about this opportunity for for some time and i've uh you know like you said before you know, you, you know if anybody knows me you know i got somewhat of a plan so yeah there, there's i got some stuff cooking
0: you got jonathan majors in this you still i, do, I, I do. mean you're surrounding yourself again with with talents so was the part kind of catered to him or vice versa you just knew like when like I don't know. A lot of us saw him in The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and it's like, oh, this guy's got something really
1: special. Yeah, man. No, he's so, so, so good, man. Um, he, he, uh, you know, naturally, it you you cater to the guy you have. You know what I'm saying? You you naturally, as you're going through these scenes and you're working on the dialogue and tone and temperature, and then you know you have your you know you have your muse, and you're like, okay, cool. You you start to bend things. You know, what I'm saying that 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 complements you know the strengths, but also places to to push him further. You know, and and as an actor, you know, I try to present things to him and create an environment that I will want for myself. Yep. Uh. So so and, and we and we vibed as soon as we we met and we started talking, and we were on the same page. And he's a beast, man. He, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm blessed and lucky to have him. So so yeah, we go we're going in there with a mission, you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. and, and and to go do something, do something we're really proud of. So
0: have you retired from auditioning? When's the last time you had to audition for a role, Mike?
1: So auditioning's changed. It's not really like, it's not, it's not an audition per se. It's more or less like a meeting and conversation about a project. You know, it's mm-hmm. more or less like a, you know, does the director and I have the same, um, you know, or do we want the same things? Am I right for the role? He's filling me out. You know, you know, am I the right guy for the project? Um, so no, I don't technically audition anymore. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but, but, but that part of me that 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 era of auditioning created the monster. You know, yeah. that created like just this 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 um, you know this hunter mentality. Yeah, you know what I mean, of like, hey, I got to You know, I got to go, and I got to go. I gotta go win this role. I gotta, I gotta go in there and grab it. So, as you kind of get to the point where you're not doing that anymore, it's like, wow, okay. It's like I, I, it feels earned, you Absolutely, know. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, it, and it feel, it feel, it feels really, it feels earned. Um, but the last time, I mean, I can't, I, I can't remember the last. That's time, a good sign. But, yeah. but, 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 but <laughs> you know, I've, I've had some generals late you know not lately but a few years ago and um yeah
0: was yeah. there an audition way back when that you thought was going to change your life that didn't pan out was there one that was like okay i i think i nailed it i think this is going to be the one there must have been a, a dozen of those or three of those yeah. or something there's one yeah, stand yeah, out
1: it a, yeah it was it was a I tell this. I'll tell us Yeah, there's one. There's, I mean, there's a few. You know what I mean? But I'll I'll tell one because it's about a friend, dear to me. Um, you know, uh, forty two, um, yeah, Chadwick, um, my brother. You know, so it was, um, you know, audition for it. You know, few callbacks, uh. Vicki Thomas, same casting director for Jennifer Jordan, um, and the her the in her old office. I'm sure she said the same office, but it, you know the walls were so thin. Actually, in her old office, her walls were so thin that you can hear the audition. You know what I'm saying from the room. And, and 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 whenever you go into and, and that's it's kind of typical. It's common, you know, when you're auditioning in certain places. Some casting directors, the, the for whatever reason, just Seem to pick the places with the thinnest walls, and I and i don't know <laughs> the mind this is, games they're trying to get into. I, you. That's what I'm saying, right? Because you're in there, you, you know, you got the your script, you're reading it, you hear somebody else, in there. Like, oh man, he's killing it. That I, I, I sound, I sounded pretty good to me. I you mean, guys should you, really hire
0: Chadwick Bozeman, he's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, that's who, like, just whoever. Like, if you're in another like audition or whatever, and you hearing somebody in there just, like, just knocking the, the audition out of the parts, like, oh wow, he said it like that. I didn't even think about it like that. That was pretty good, like, oh man. Yeah, it's like but um but when it, 42 had 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 some good auditions, you know, I got some callbacks, whatever, made it down to the final however many um and uh and at, at the time I just knew that if I got this role, it was going to change everything for me. Yeah. You know, I knew it was going to like, you know, playing Jackie Robinson, uh a buddy of mine, uh Eric Amadio, he uh you know, he he you know, he's a writer. And he, um, he, uh, we went to this baseball diamond and we took photos of me. I went and got an old Dodgers jersey from oh, wow. Dodger Stadium and and a and, uh, you know and, uh, and a Dodgers hat. I got a bat and I went and took a mem- and, and mem- replicated old Jackie uh, Robinson photos. Uh, I took you know we took video of me like sliding, you know, what I'm saying stealing bases and stuff Amazing. like that. And we yeah. sent that into the casting director. I mean, you know, as. As hungry as you are gonna get, you know what yeah, I'm saying. As far yeah. as going the extra mile, and I, you knew, I said, yeah. yeah, I did everything. I got, I gotta get it, you know what I'm saying. But you know, obviously, it's, it wasn't for me. It wasn't yeah. in my cards. And they found the perfect person for it. You know, like I can't imagine anybody playing that role. I couldn't imagine myself now yeah. playing that role. You know, um, and in uh, in Chadwick put on a had a performance, you know, that I, you know of a lifetime. So. Uh, mm-hmm
0: yeah it worked out last thing for you buddy um you know i i've joked with you and i've i've prodded you about the superman stuff but we do know that Valzad is now mm-hmm. in development and you are producing this you may or may not appear i know we don't know that yet mm-hmm. but talk to me about why that's the way in why you're passionate about Valzad and where it stands and are you contemplating acting in it
1: Valzad is such an interesting character you know it's like an untapped you know uh you know, well, you know, he's a, such a gem that's been sitting in plain sight for a long time. And somebody I like, was always wondering, I was like, why nobody seemed to pick that guy up and, and turn it into something because <laughs> it's, it's he's such a rich character um, and connects to a lot of other things as well. Um, if you're familiar with, uh, with the canon. And um, yeah, it really excited me that I was able to kind of, you know, get that project and, you know, develop it um, and tell aside That hasn't been shown uh, before, a side of the universe that hasn't really been shown before. Um, And uh, you know, DC and Warner's and um, HBO Max, you know, they they uh, they believed in it too, you know, and uh, and they uh, they felt that was the the guy to to develop it. You know, Outlier Outlier Society was the was the production company to 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 develop it and make this make this thing. So I'm super excited about it. You know, um, can't say too much about it. Uh, but, but, um, am um, I'm going to, I'm trying to make it the best thing that come out of there. You know, that's, that's always the goal you you striving for greatness, you know, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm going for it.
0: I have no doubt, buddy. Thanks for making the time today. I appreciate that as the years have gone by, as you rise through the ranks and tower over all of us, you make time for the little guys like me that Stop, have uh, been man. on the ride with you, buddy. Um, congratulations Appreciate on the Journal for Jordan and um, hopefully we'll catch up soon in person, buddy.
1: Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Happy holidays, man. Stay safe. You too.
0: Uh, why, look, it's Mackenzie Davis, my birthday twin, my death becomes her friend. It's good mm. to see you. How's it going? It's good to see you Short um, interval. time. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, people know the legend of Mackenzie Davis by now. They don't need the whole long. <laughs> no,
2: I didn't mean not enough of a an intro. I mean, I spoke to you just one year ago.
0: It's nice. This is our annual check in. This is like yeah. a psychiatrist visit. So, how's your head yeah. at? Where's your head at? You doing all right? Oh
2: my god, I can't get into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, the, that's the wrong place I to
2: can't start the <laughs> podcast like that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> all right, we'll circle back at the end and see where your head's yeah. at. Yeah, great. Um, I, I'll have you know, I not to name drop right from the start. But I hosted a couple events this week with the one and only Meryl Streep, and I had to stop myself from just gushing about (gasps) *Beth Becomes Her* because that's all that's that was truly in my heart that I wanted to talk about. But you know,
2: and I think what makes her such an interesting actress, which I don't know if there's—we probably talked about this last time—but like, (laughs) there just aren't that many like big, sort of broad, campy things to do anymore, and she's like uh, the greatest living actress that does. Sophie's Choice, Death Becomes Her, Mama Mia—like she's so cool.
0: You'll be happy to know. I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the new Adam McKay movie? Don't Look Up. She.
2: No, I can't wait to see it.
0: She's pretty. She goes pretty big. She's uh yes. Yeah, it's it, it it brought me back to my 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 love of her uh, comedy roots. Do you? So have you? Do you do the Chris Farley fangirl thing with anybody? Do you ever go up to somebody and say, "Oh my God, I love you in this. I love you in this," or is have you learned it's best not to do that kind of thing?
2: I don't probably almost to a degree that it's like stupid because whenever people do it to me, I'm like, Oh my God, that's such a surprising way. Like, it's so nice to hear it. I, I never think about doing it. I always think it would be a burden. I did it to somebody who I like love, love, love once, um, where I was like not working with them, but was near their set, and and somebody introduced me to them. And I, I was like, Oh, this movie. And I watched it all the time and it's meant the world to me and spoke to spoke, spoke. And then she was like, Oh my God. Oh yeah, I think that's like still on TV, that's so funny. All right, well, thanks, nice to meet you. And she was so lovely, but you just, your experience as a fan is not the experience of the creator, that's just like a chapter in their life. And then they moved on to the other chapters. But um, you're like, no, no, shut up. That was (laughs) a very special moment to me. Echo back my experience now.
0: (laughs) Validate me, give me the snow. well, the the reason that we're catching up today is a good reason. A little bit different than the last time we spoke about happiest uh, season. This is a little bit of a different project. I'm that trying is- to remember the sequence of events because I remember talking about this project with you. But had you shot anything, or you were you were about to shoot Station Eleven?
2: We were about to shoot. They had started shooting um, in the winter, January, February, 2020, um, and then obviously. The pandemic happened, we were put on hiatus, and then we came back to shoot in January of 2021. So when you and I talked, it was still about to happen.
0: So give me a sense, because this is obviously one of these bizarre, weird circumstances where you sign on to a project about post-apocalyptic massive flu that wipes out tons of humanity and then you turn on the news and you're living the real world and you're like, oh my God, what have I signed on to? Like your, your, your perspective on this must have changed drastically. Did you still have the same passion for it after seeing what COVID was and seeing what the real world was that you had? Did you come at it from a different angle or what?
2: I think at first, while we were, you know, living through it in real time that summer, I was sort of not sure if it was relevant anymore. Like something moving from speculative fiction into like pseudo documentary. I don't know. It just felt like, who's going to want to watch this show? And then, and then when we were actually shooting it, it's obviously not at all about the event of a pandemic it's about everything afterwards which none of us have experienced (laughs) in a way in the same way that we like watched contagion in the beginning of the pandemic to find a roadmap for what this was going to look like i think this is the sort of counter narrative not to the like horror and the trauma of trauma but the roadmap for what could happen afterwards were we to have gone through something as bad as the georgia flu in our show um, which we haven't but you know what i mean that there's like a that's the sort of day zero, um, roadmap. And then we are like, all right, well, this is the year 20 roadmap for how we could kind of survive after a plague.
0: And I, I watched the first few episodes and it was actually a while back. So I'm trying to remember, but I feel like you, you don't, your character doesn't even pop in or your version of the character till episode two. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so give me a sense. Like, so yeah, as you alluded to, we, we encounter your character as played by you years later after the events of this. And, um, this is the world she grew up in. this is the world that she knows, so that's a very unique kind of character to discover is that was that part of the interest of of Kirsten to to, to play a woman who's who's been raised in a very unique fashion or or what
2: um i don't I don't know i it's weird I'm usually really sort of um like logical about like what interests me about a character. Like I can really sort of understand their internal logic and what they're doing and why they're doing it. And like finding my way through that feels Mm -hmm. in in whatever world feels really compelling to me. This was the only thing I've done which I didn't feel at the time, but I do in retrospect where it feels like kind of, uh, like, I don't know why I did it. Kind of like faith Driven. there was something there was like a really beautiful version of a world that hero and patrick described to me and i was moved by i don't know people like searching for each other and searching yeah. for, for like connection and i don't know there are all, all these things that that move me in real life and really moved me in the show but i didn't i don't know what it was about kirsten exactly it just felt like um i felt kind of I just did it,
0: yeah. Well, well, when in doubt, as you well know, surround yourself with talented folks. And you alluded to yeah. a couple here, a hero, an amazing director, um, yeah. Patrick, Patrick Somerville, who you just have to look at the credits, like Made for Love, which I thought was a really cool show, uh, Leftovers, Maniac. Like these are all like big swing, weird, out there, but like yeah. very singular visions for, for television.
2: Yeah. And that's sort of what you want, right? Like to work with people who are going to to do things that might not work, but at least they're like sort of jumping into the deep end.
0: Absolutely. Go for the big swing always. Who wants a double? Go for the home run or go, yeah, or or strike out. Um, This is, is this your first TV since Halt and Catch Fire?
2: Yeah, I guess Black Mirror, but that felt like sort of a little movie, but yeah, this is the first like long thing.
0: So uh, any different perspective on it a few years later? I mean, obviously, hold and Catch Fire is a special experience. And I feel like, by the way, that was one of those shows, I don't know if you experienced this, but like one of those shows that a lot of people revisited or rediscovered for the first time over this weird year and a half.
2: I've certainly talked about it a lot on this as I've been doing press and talking about Station Eleven. And I, I, yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, you don't know. It's on Netflix, so there's no like... Yeah. I don't learn when people watch it. It just is right? You know, always there waiting for someone to discover it. Um, but oh, in turn, you,
0: yeah. you go. No, I was going to say, were you looking for like specifically for a, a project that was like of an ongoing like nature that was a little bit longer form or no, it was just the right the right fit? Oh,
2: no, not at all. I don't think there's like a huge difference between TV and movies anymore. It's not like, oh, do I want to do a TV show? I think if <laughs> like, oh, it's, seven years and it might shoot somewhere really far from home uh is that like do i love this enough to potentially commit that much of my life to it then yeah it's different but for a mini series or something it's just um you know terminator shot in six months this shot in six months like it's it's time spent somewhere exploring something in a long sort of patient way um but no i wasn't specifically looking for for tv but uh very happy to do it again it's cool tv you get to like experience things in real time that you then remember later in the season that you're like oh that actually happened to me it's like a real <laughs> memory that i went through but it happened to the character but i was also there because i was inside her, and that's it's, yeah, less work for I, you
0: like, yeah
2: it's Honestly, it's just a huge peak and it's so nice. What, <laughs> it's hard what to ha- catch it all. <laughs>
0: <often>. <laughs> have you been watching a lot lately? Have you been catching up on some of your friends work? Look, Lee Pace, speaking of TV, Foundation, Kristen Stewart killing it, it's
2: it. Beautiful. I don't have an Apple membership. I'm like, wow, there's <laughs> so many things to become a member of. I, know, it's open, I had right? a free trial and then it expired and then, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I, it looks beautiful and Lee's such a great actor. Um,
0: what about Spencer? Check out uh, Kristen and that?
2: I haven't seen Spencer, but I'm so excited. This Spencer. happens to me every year with like Oscar movies where I'm so so excited, and then they come out and then I kind of miss the window when I should see them. And then like at some point in December, I watch seven. Um I know i'm I'm so excited and she's so amazing um in everything she does, but just watching the trailers for it. she's incredible.
0: No, yeah, you will you will not be disappointed. Just even setting aside, you know, friendships, it's a it's a piece of art. It's a really cool. Cool. cool one. Uh, what? Ha- so, have you seen anything lately? Anything that's piqued yeah. your interest? Oh, or not?
2: nothing. Um, what have I seen? I saw Dune, which I oh. just loved so much. Um, well, team,
0: team Denis, we know that you. you team Denis,
2: yeah, very meditative movie. Couldn't love it more um I watched uh which I'd only seen on my computer before but I watched Sallow on Thanksgiving in the movie theater and it was so wonderful and beautiful and harrowing but um really love the colors and I watched Bond I don't know I've been watching a lot of Succession and just eating it up like every other Hungry little viewer.
0: I know I haven't seen one in this new season yet. I have I have a binge coming at me soon. Oh as you said, it's too much.
2: Yeah, yeah. What have you been watching?
0: Like I said, I've been catching up on movies. I saw Don't Look Up or with our beloved meryl Um, Mm -hmm. I can't even think. I I haven't watched a TV show outside of yours for work and others like in a while, just because it's you know, it's the fall movie season. It's all the the good stuff that we Uh, are excited about. What's up? Are
2: you going to the movie theaters?
0: I am a little bit a little yep. bit oh, nice it's pretty cool um so I noticed that you're usually for somebody that's always working on the IMDB I'm not I'm unaware of your future exploits Mackenzie. are you secretly like you know Captain Awesome in Avengers 7 and I just don't know it yet like what's happening
2: oh there's no there's no big drop I have like a a couple um indie movies that I'm doing next year but you know it's always sort of like jockeying for time and financing, like, it's quite hard to, to know. So I'm like, whichever one goes first, that's the one I'm gonna do first. Um, but I'm really, really excited about all of them. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm like making it sound really secretive, but it's just they're not, <laughs> so I'm not saying it, but they're great. Yeah. Look, well, we, we,
0: know, we know from past discussions and this one that you have good taste. So trust in Mackenzie's judgment and her talent and everybody should, everybody should check out Station Eleven, HBO Max. And um, Mackenzie's off to a swanky, low-key soiree for her, her show. event. Um, enjoy yourself. And I hope to catch up in person one of these days.
2: Okay, thanks so much, Josh. Thanks for watching it.
0: And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh.